Welcome to the latest at the flicks on our new series of mini horror pods. This time around, the legend of Hell House. Just when Neil and I thought we'd got rid of all references to horror films on the podcast, suddenly you come up with these little pop-up subversive short podcasts. This is your chance in an ongoing series of mini horror podcasts to try and convince Neil and I to watch some of these so-called classics. Doubt it'll happen, but I'm interested in what you have to say on a movie genre. This is a movie genre that I avoid at all costs. In fact, Neil is so anti the whole idea of horror films, he won't even pop up on these pop-up podcasts as a special guest star. And that's a real shame, because the special guest stars usually meet the most gory of deaths in this type of film. <laughs> Poor Neil. I'm sure Neil will have some comeback for that from his safe place. Let's start with what seems to be like, to me, the most logical question. Why? Why on earth do you like watching films that scare the hell out of you? The short answer, Graham, is they're fun. <laughs> you could have fooled me. Yeah, no, honestly, fun in a roller coaster sort of way. They're a safe way to confront fears. At the end of the film, you simply turn off the TV or walk out of the cinema. I admit there are a few classics which stay with you long after you watch it, but isn't that the same with all great films? That's the core difference between you and me. If I see a scary movie, they quite literally haunt me for days following the viewing. Great films such as 2001 don't keep me awake at night, frightened to close my eyes. Yeah, but it kept Neil awake thinking about what it was all about. (laughs) Now, believe it or not, I understand where you're coming from. To further explain my point about why they're worth watching... Horror films are the most subversive examples of cinema that you can find. You can raise ideas or push boundaries you simply cannot do elsewhere. Now let's take David Cronenberg's The Fly as an example of this. In essence, it's about a couple having to face up to the fact that one of them is changing, mutating and ultimately dying. In short, it is a disease of the weak TV movie taken to absolute extremes in a way you could never get away with in conventional cinema. As well as being subversive, horror also lends itself to all types of films. You can mix and match in a way you can't with other aspects of cinema. Okay, so walk me through that mix and match comment. Well, horror is a great genre mixer. You can have horror comedy, such as An American Werewolf in London. You can have horror thriller, Psycho. You can even have horror musical. I mean, (laughs) the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Fair point. Let's return you to your interest in horror. What would you say was the first significant horror film you saw, one that influenced you to watch others? That is a tough question. There was a lot on TV as I was growing up, but to focus on one, I would have to pick the first ex-certificate horror film I saw. It was a film I sneaked into underage, and I'm quite proud of that fact, as back then, unlike now, I looked a lot younger than my true age. The feature in question, The Legend of Hell House. What a great title. For any youngsters listening... I better explain the X certificate. The X certificate was the UK 70 equivalent of the 18 certificate. Funnily enough, when I rewatched the film preparing for this, I find its certificate has been downgraded to a 15. <laughs> so in fact, by today's standard, I was actually overage to watch it back in the mid 70s. And even more strange, in America, the film is still rated and always has been PG. And considering some of the sexual subject matter of this film, never mind the intensity of some of the scenes, it's just bizarre. As for the film itself, The Legend of Hell House is one of those haunted house stories. You know the type. Well, actually, Graham, you probably don't. No, I don't. I have no no idea. You've lost me there, Jeff. Thought so. (laughs) 
It's the type where a group of people have to go into a haunted house to prove there are ghosts. Oh, great. Uh, no, 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 no. Stop and think about this. Because that is the most optimistic a film could be. Because it's proven there's life after death. Anyway, in the case of this movie's plot, physicist Lionel Barrett, played by Clive Revel, who, and this is a fun fact that will cross over into your genre, Graham, he was the guy who played the Emperor in the original release of The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow, okay. Um, He was in the hologram sequence and later removed. Lionel Barrett is hired to lead a team of mediums into a haunted house to prove there is life after death. The house they pick is the Belasco House, which one member of the cast refers to as the Mount Everest of haunted houses. To say it had a troubled past would be an understatement. Now, there had been other attempts to probe the mystery of the Belasco House, all met in horrible failure. One of the survivors of the last expedition, Ben Fisher, Ronnie McDowell, comes back again as he needs the money. Also in the team are Barrett's wife Anne, played by Gail Honeycutt, and a powerful medium called Florence, played by the now unfortunately long-forgotten Pamela Franklin. Soon, however, this team learn what horrors and treachery lie within the house's evil walls. In its time, it was real edge-of-the-seat stuff, an intense experience that ticked every horror box for me. I didn't stop talking about it for weeks. <laughs> You're going to try and persuade me to watch that. It sounds terrifying already. What possible reason could you give me to watch this? First up, it's written by Richard Matheson. Oh, I am legend that is and a dual cheap fame. shot. Yeah. That is yeah. a cheap shot. Well, I am such a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am legend and, and dual. Great. I mean, I Am Legend's a great book. It's number two on the Sci-Fi Masterworks series. Not just a great book, but a masterwork. Okay, sort yeah. of interested now, but you've got a lot of uphill okay. work yeah, and, to do and, here. And it's the same thing. You know, I Am Legend blends science fiction and horror in a really clever way. I'll give you an example in this film. The Lionel Barrett character is convinced his scientific methods and his machines will rid the house of the ghosts. And as such... He looks at all the other mediums with disdain. That is a slight problem in the narrative, because how would that prove the existence of the supernatural? Turn the machine on, it's clear, we're fine, let's go. No, you know, so I don't understand that. But it must be added that Richard Matheson, who wrote the script, toned down the novel for this film versions. There are excesses in that book that would never make it to the screen today. Even Sky Atlantic would have problems with the statue of the crucified Christ with an enormous penis, oh, which God. is later used to rape a woman to death. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not sure that would have gone down well in the southern states of the US. New Yorkers? Yeah, they'd be fine with that. That's no. a normal day on the streets. The film, instead, cuts out a lot of these excesses and goes for atmosphere rather than gore. There is some violence in the film. However, most of it is off-screen and seemed far worse when I first saw it. That's also the mark of a good horror film. Also, there's intelligence here, as in most of Matheson's work. Ultimately, the defeat of evil is by solving a puzzle rather than some sort of on-screen dramatic battle where body parts fly in all directions. Mm. The film has a lot in common with possibly my favourite horror film. The Haunting, and it's quite possibly the scariest film of all time, and I'll come back and talk about that in the future pod. In fact, I'll do that before Netflix get their version of The Haunting on, which is coming on later this year. Okay, well, I'm still not convinced, though I am interested to know if the film, which is over 40 years old, 
40 years old, good grief, holds up by today's standards. I know Matheson's I Am Legend was written way over 60 years ago and is even more relevant today with its central question of who is the real monster. Well, to be honest, in many ways it does. It remains an intense experience with a focus on character and how the evil associated with the Belasco house plays each one of them for its own purpose. On the acting front, Roddy McDowell gives pretty close on a career best performance. His Ben Fisher character, having just about survived his last visit to the Belasco house, almost physically shrinks into himself for most of the film as he tries to avoid any contact with the forces at work there. It is a performance of understated and effective restraint. Also, the exterior location, Wykehurst Place in West Sussex, is very effectively used. Coupled with an almost persistent fog, it creates a constant feeling of foreboding. Not a place for a Christmas party. Which is odd, because that's when the film is set. (laughs) That said, looking at pictures of the place without the fog, it still doesn't seem welcoming. Perhaps we can put some images up on the website for anybody that's interested? Yep, no problem. Thank you. And adding the icing to the cake of atmosphere is the music. It has a sense of foreboding throughout, which is not a surprise when you learn it is by Brian Hodgson and Delia Derbyshire from the Radiophonic Workshop, which created the Doctor Who theme. Have a listen to this short section from where the team assemble outside of the house in the fog. has an odd, unnerving feel to it. Yeah, and um, with that music and the look of The Legend of Hell House, this in many ways could almost have been made as part of the M.R. James Christmas Tales season the BBC used to make in the 70s. Let's not get carried away, because there are flaws with this film, and this recent screening did show them to me. Director John Howe, who later went on to direct a number of films for Disney during what I would call their troubled phase, such as The Watcher in the Woods, has overused the close-up in Legend of Hell House. If this is to create a more claustrophobic atmosphere, it doesn't work. It just ends up annoying. Also, there is, by today's standard, a misogyny running through the film. The male characters are the ones who remain focused on their intent, while the two women are easily tricked and ultimately possessed by the evil spirits within the home. A reflection of 70s values that doesn't translate to today's genre efforts. I bet that's something that that Netflix pull out of their... uh their version when they do their new version i'm sure oh that no the yeah, women... yeah that's they, they're doing the haunting and the haunting is far more interesting ah, with right. sexual tensions there is a theme of lesbianism that was hinted at in the main version crucified in the horrible remake and i think will be played much well i'm hoping will be played much more as it was in the book in the new netflix version Okay, but given all the remakes at the moment, do you think this is a film which could be remade? Some of the flaws corrected and perhaps toughened up as per the original book? Well, Fox have been trying to get a remake completed since 2007, hopefully without the uh, Christ of the Enormous Penis. (laughs) However, they have yet to get a script together or a director interested. In 2014, a deal did come close, but didn't lead to anything. Now, if 
as we've mentioned, this Netflix remake of Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House, a.k.a. The Haunting, if that's a big success, then I can see a remake of this getting made. I hope they do go to make it stronger and delve more into the corruption of the team by the evil spirit and not take the PG-13 route, which would destroy its intentions. We shall see. That said, we've always got this. You know, this Matheson scripted original, and even with its flaws, I think it's a great, creepy watch. Graham, I have the DVD if you want to see it. And we will end this mini-podcast, as I expect, to end the majority of them with the word no. Thanks for the offer. Instead, I'm going to go home and reread I Am Legend, Matheson at his best, and still never captured properly on film. It's a absolute crime. This is such an easily translatable book. I don't know. Anyway, see you in time for the next full moon. Cheers, Jeff. Cheers, Graham. Okay, Neil, you can come out from under that bed now. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.